0: Let's take a poll. How many are ready to get this holiday stuff over with? Raise your hand. How many are saying Christmas tree down this afternoon? There's a few, but that's a record number that's so low. There are a couple people I met this week, and I said, what do you want for Christmas? And they said, for it to be over, is what they said. Scrooges, right? How many of you are like, I wish we could stay in this for another week? Not many of you either. We're trying to make up our mind here, aren't we? It's a strange time that we're living in, it seems like. You've got some people that really just like, I'm ready to get it over with, and there's other people that like, I want to stay in this wonderful slow motion time a little bit longer. Think of the morning after the birth of Jesus. Something was different about the world, and yet something wasn't any different at all. The news couldn't travel all that fast, and the fact that this Messiah who was come to change everything was still just a baby. It's, we're going to have to wait. I don't care what he's going to do. He's going to be Lord, and he's going to be Savior, but we, right now, just have to wait until he grows up. This is not a real quick mission of God. This is a long, drawn-out thing. Hopes that are bound in a baby, but require the baby to mature. What do you do when you're between where you've been and where you want to be, but there's this long time in between? You're experiencing that in a small way right now, but you're also experiencing it in a huge way. The small way is this. We're in a holiday season, right? Lots of holidays, lots of special occasions. Right now, we're between Christmas yesterday and New Year's Day another week from now, and there's still there's still kind of like a sub-schedule, right? The trash pickup is on a delayed schedule. People aren't in full force. They're kind of going slow motion. When you're around Paul Wallace, he says to you, sales, people don't buy stuff right now. They're in suspension. So he's going around finding somebody to talk to. Listen, if you see Paul coming, go the other way. He's got way more time on his hands than he knows what to do with, and you're his next victim. I'm saying act busy. Right? Because he does nothing else. What else is he gonna do? Terry, Terry's photographer. Who taking pictures of what? There ain't no pictures to be taken right now. And everything is just kind of slow motion, dragging, half scheduled. That's kind of where we are right now. That's a small way. But here's a big way that we live this all the time. We're in between, we are the last days begin in Acts chapter 2. The last days. Days, that was a long time ago, and ever since then, the next, the next move of God is the end, y'all. There's nothing left that He has to do to get wrapped up before He comes again. There's nothing left. The next move is Jesus comes, and this whole thing is brought to an end, and it's time for 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 whatever happens next to start. Right? There's nothing else He has to do, but the last days have lasted a long time, haven't they? I mean, we sing the song. Jesus is coming soon, written in 1942. 42. Is there anything that hasn't happened since 42 that seems soon to you? No, we've got to revamp our definition of what soon means. We're in the last days. We have no idea how long they'll be. But, guys, we are in the last times. And we're, we're going to be in the last times until the last times come. It's kind of a delayed thing. What do you do? Because, guys, it's easy to get distracted in this time. Apparently, this happens a lot. God did this a lot in Scripture. He had a forced delay of his people who were just like on the edge of their seats waiting. And it just waited and waited and delayed and delayed. Think of, think of Joseph has this dream at the age of 17. This dream is his destiny. It's what God has in mind to do for him. But in between that dream at 17 and the fulfillment of the dream at 40, that's a long delay. That's, that's a couple of decades, right, of a detour. And there's, I mean, he's just waiting. I mean, just waiting for this dream to come true. And it does, but it takes a long, long time. And there's a lot of stuff that happens, right? Right? sold into slavery, falsely accused in prison. And if at any time, y'all, if at any time during that time, he decided, forget all this, I'm going to live any way I want to. What's God got to do with my life anyway? He's taken forever, I give up, and the whole future would have been different, wouldn't it? If he had just given up. The story, the moral of the story from Joseph, it's a real story, but the moral is this. In the meantime, we need to be holy, church. Don't ever give up our holiness. Don't ever decide that what I do right here at this moment in my life doesn't matter. I can just do whatever I want to. I can call an audible. I can go AWOL on God for a while. i got plenty of time. You don't know that. And what you do in the meantime matters because you can give up the end time by what you do in the meantime. You can lose it. And so what Joseph would say to us is be holy. And that's also the message of Peter. I want you to see this from 2 Peter. He describes what's going to happen at the end of time, that the earth is going to melt away and be brought back new. And he says, since you know this is true, since you know these things are going to happen, what sort of people ought you to be in the meantime?" What kind of life should you live? You should be holy and godly, waiting for the hastening coming day of God. Whatever happens, y'all, in this this weird time of in-between, whatever happens, be holy. Be holy. Make that holy decision. There's another story. You know it as the story of Jonah. Jonah is given this mission, and the mission is, I want you to go preach the Ninevites, right? You remember this? And he doesn't want to, so he, he gets on a ship going the opposite way, and, and, and he, he decides this is not mission impossible, this is mission unwanted. And so he decides to run the other way, but God says, no, no, you're not going to do that. And he sends the storm, and he ends up in the, 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 the belly of a whale or a fish, big fish. And while he's there, he waits three days. Why did God wait so long? Why not just pick him up and spew him out? Well, he wants, he wants a little time out here. We need a huddle here, Jonah. And what's he do? What can you do? When you are in the whale's, uh, in, the, in the fish's stomach, what are you gonna do? You're gonna pray and you're gonna think about it. You're gonna think about what you just did wrong. You're gonna reflect very deeply on what God wanted you to do and why you're here. And you're gonna pray with every fiber of your being that God gives you a second chance. And He spews him out. He goes on, does great ministry despite the fact He didn't want to. How do you like this? A three day maritime out. That's worth coming to church this morning for, right there, y'all. You just, you, you, you take a picture of that and you, whatever you do, uh, uh, email it out or whatever you do. Anyway, so that that's it. You need a timeout. And what do you do? What do you do to survive the meantime when you're waiting for the next move? You pray and you reflect. You meditate very deeply on what you're here for. And a third one, you know, Acts chapter one. Jesus ascends. They all see him go up. Jesus said, I'm going to come back eventually, but what you need to do right now is go to Jerusalem and wait. And for 10 days in between the ascension and the coming of the Spirit, they're gathered there. And what do they do as they wait? All Jesus said to do was wait. What does waiting mean? In Acts chapter 1, waiting means... You assemble together with other people who are waiting too. There's something about a waiting room that makes things a little better because you have other people going to the dentist with you. Something about collective fear lowers the fear, right? That's why we want to get them together in the waiting room. And God says, when you're waiting, when you're waiting for my next move that you know is coming, but I don't, I'm not telling you when, you need to assemble You are not here this morning by accident. This is an orchestrated design of God to help you hold on to your homesickness and help you to hold on to the fact that while the rest of the world is only concerned about here and now, you are concerned about there and then while you live the here and now. And so we assemble. And they assembled and they prayed and they did one other thing that we know of. They read Scripture and as they read scripture, Peter realized they needed to replace Judas. He got this from one of the Old Testament scriptures. We've got to replace him so that we're ready when the next move hits. And they replace Judas with Matthias. Now are ready, and only now does Acts 2 come. There's something about this waiting time, y'all, that's important for us. And you think about these stories and these times where God forced a waiting, a timeout, a delay into the story and how God's people were to use it. It's what we need to be doing. It's how we need to live. I want you to look at, I skipped two of them, didn't I? I skipped two slides. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10, if you would. This is how we are to spend our waiting time. The Hebrew writer is trying to get the people to hang on to their faith. They're wanting to give it up. They're wanting to go back to a previous way of life in Judaism. They're wanting to go back into the world. And he says, guys, let us draw near to God. Let's come and draw strength from God and be reminded of what we believe. Let's hold fast to our confession. And what is our confession? The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming again and we need to be ready. That's our confession. And so let's get together on the first day of every week and we remind ourselves this life is not all there is and in fact it's not the most important part of our history. Even though the world tells you it is. Let us not give up meeting together as the habit of some is. Listen, encouraging one another all the more as what? As the day draws closer, all the more as you get closer to the end, hang on because uh, you're going to start believing this life is all there is. These delays. I'm enjoying Matt Nix's class. He was on 2 Peter chapter 3 last week, and there's this great warning from 2 Peter chapter 3. There are people who don't think that end time is coming. There's a couple of reasons, a couple of groups of people who do not believe that the end time is coming, that there's not going to be a judgment for how you live here. It's a convenient thing, y'all, to get rid of the fact that you'll be held to account for everything you do in this life. That's an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? To think that every thought and every careless word and every act I do, I will be held to account. A lot of people don't like that. There's a couple of things they do. First of all, there's some people who dis- distracted by this. There's a distraction that comes. You start thinking, this life is all there is. Next screen. You'll start thinking that this life is all there is. You will start thinking that this ball game and this practice and this season is the most important part of my life. This election is the most important thing in the history of humanity. You'll think this day and this news and this moment and right now is the most important thing, and it's not. It is not the most important thing. The most important days aren't even here yet and that's true mr simpkins if you're 92 today or if you're 14 the most important days are the ones we're waiting for if you start thinking this is the main event this right here is the main event, and you've got to live everything in your life for the main event of right now. You will lose out on the real main event that's coming. And what he's saying, don't get distracted. Listen, there's things that are important right now. This life is important. What you do in this life is important. It does matter and hold great significance, but these are not the days of our lives, most important. Those are still way ahead. But if you lose sight of that, and you think you've got to make this life all that it can be, and pull out all of it that you can, at all cost, you'll miss out on what's coming. That's a bad trade. But there are also people who deliberately forget there are people who take a giant eraser out and they erase the doctrine of accountability and judgment to come and the return of Christ. They just And there's no way you can say, well, I just forgot. No, no. When you take an eraser out and erase something, there's no accidentalness about that. That is an intentional move you're making because there's some things you want to do that you don't want to be held accountable, accountable for. There are some things I want to do in this life that I don't want to have to answer for, so I'm going to get rid of judgment. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to put it way out of my mind. And I'm going to make sure deliberately that I get rid of this doctrine. And people do it all the time. Don't fall for it. You're going to account for all these things. We're told in the book of Hebrews a couple of things about this. And he says to us that we're going to face the death and then face the judgment, right? We're going to face that time. And because of that, we know it's ahead. We've got to keep it in our minds because it gives, in the meantime, all the importance it needs to have, but not so much that you lose sight of what's the rest. The denouement, the resolution, the grand finale is still ahead. How do we do this? How are we going to be able to keep our focus on the right thing while we're waiting so long and we get lulled to sleep? First of all, let me give two or three just quick examples. Number one is read Scripture a lot. Read Scripture a lot. As you read Scripture, it's not just about you knowing Scripture, answering questions, going to lads, to leaders, and getting your pen for memorizing 100 verses or doing great on the Bible quiz. All that's wonderful. But here's the point of reading Scripture. It forces you to think about everything in the plan of God, including the end time. How much of Paul's letters is there a stress of, don't forget, the judgment day? There's a lot of it. Nobody in this life, no one, is going to tell you about the life to come. Everybody in this life is only concerned about the here and now. There's one person, there's one influence in your life that will remind you of the end to come, and that's God through his word. And if you don't keep yourself in the word, you will forget about the end time. And if you forget about the end time, you won't live the meantime right. Scripture's a huge deal. And by the way, to read this and study this and honor this together is the most powerful way. Second, prayer. Prayer is actually tapping into the one who's where you want to be. And a lot of times we find ourselves very, very challenged by the idea I need to stop and give some thought to where God is, who God is, and what I need from Him to make it to then. You remember old prayers Old-timers, I want you to go back, think of years ago. You'd hear God, Garden, and Direct, and we kind of we mock them a little bit for saying God, guard, Direct, and I get all that. But there are some things in those old-time prayers that I don't hear anymore. One of them is, by, before they used to prayer, all these older people, when they, before they ended their prayer, they would say, and God, when it comes to the end of our lives, take us home. Something like that at the end of their prayer. Every prayer ended that way. And you heard it in every service, every prayer ended just like, I don't hear that much anymore because we're concerned about here and now. And we need to keep it in our prayers. And notice our songs, y'all. Nearly every one of them, the older songs, would sing about the end time. That last verse, when it's one, two, we didn't sing number three, right? Real churches of Christ don't sing number three. I don't know why any Church of Christ guy wrote a verse three. It was a victim of whatever. We don't sing verse three. We skip the verse four. And in verse four, it's always about... When my time comes, help me to be ready. Every one of them was like that. Now, the new songs don't do that. The real songs about me feeling God right now and the joy and the peace and make me, all that's wonderful. But we need a reminder, y'all, this life isn't all the life you've got, it's not even the most important part. And finally, a last one. Here's the weirdest one you're going to hear in a church service the day after Christmas, when you get a chance, go to funerals. I know you younger people, although I've seen this change a little bit, younger people don't go to funerals as much. Uh, most of the time when I ask, why, well, I just don't like it. Well, nobody likes a funeral. Listen, nobody likes a funeral. Everybody needs to attend one on occasion. You need to go and stop your life and get out of your routine and make yourself go and sit in the presence of people who've lost a loved one. And in fact, you need to, we're getting more and more memorials, nothing wrong with memorials, but listen, when you take the the body away and you don't see it, we keep death out of sight and out of mind. And that's a dangerous thing, y'all, because death is very much a part of life, It's very much what gives life its meaning. If you erase that or if you get that out of your mind very far, you will start to think that you're living fast enough to evade it, and you ain't. Nobody I've ever met is going to get out of this life alive. Not one of us. There's some kind of calendar with your date on it. You're going to die, and you need to know that. You need to be aware of it. Your kids need to go to funerals. Don't shield them from this. Don't do that. They need to live with some sobriety that this isn't all there is. And when you put up your Christmas tree, don't do all the store-bought stuff. Don't get all the store-bought stuff that's pretty and glamorous and glitzy and all that. Put the ornaments from your great-grandparents on the tree. And when you put it up, you tell them something about them and let them know they're not here anymore. They were, though, and they impacted my life. And say some things about it, this year I was able to put bilberry ornament on the tree. This is the first year I've been able to do that. It was an owl. He collected owls. I don't know why. He didn't know why. He just suddenly did. I've got an owl on my tree. It's not the most beautiful ornament, but it's a great ornament. And I'm reminding myself, this life doesn't last forever, but how you live it matters. But it matters less than where you're heading. Go to funerals. Take your family. Not every week. Once in a while, go to a funeral. It'll help bring some sobriety to what you're doing. Here's, we are, and this is Hebrews chapter 9. It's appointed for everybody to die once. After that, face judgment. This is an appointment you will not cancel or reschedule or not need unless the Lord comes. It is just the deal. We're living in chapter 5. I want to show you the screen. This is where you're living. These are the chapters of God's history with man, humanity. In all those things, chapters 1 through 4 are all done. We are in, where they're read, the chapter 5. And we are in the final segments of chapter 5. And the only thing that remains is for Jesus to return. And we have no idea when that will happen, but we do know as Christians it will and so we are in a waiting pattern. That's the only thing. We want to share it with others. We want to live our lives a holy way. We want to assemble and remember, and don't ever let it out of our minds because you can be so consumed with the here and now. You give up that time. Let me tell you about some friends real quick as we close, and they're called the Miss Kellys. They live in um, Henderson, Tennessee. Joe Scott, you may know. He's a. I don't know if Joe Scott's here. Uh, He's uh, in a doctor's office there. This is him with his two adopted sons at Haiti. He adopted them years ago because he would go over to Haiti and work at a children's home, and he fell in love with these two, and he sends monthly support and different things to these two. But the process of adoption from Haiti is horrendous. It takes years and years and years. And these boys are having to grow up knowing they've got two parents and three siblings in America that want them badly and they're making a place for them, and they're making a spot and a home for them, and they're financially providing for them, but they can't be together yet. They're constantly sending care packages. They're constantly sending pictures. Their own pictures on Facebook include these two boys. Keep going the next screen. This is the whole family makes a trip, a costly trip, down to Haiti, and they spend time with these two boys as free as they can, as much as they can, but they can't bring them home. They get to the airport, and they're separated again. And this is him, last one, this is him on one of his last trips. These boys know they're loved and cared for and provided for. They just can't be with their family yet. This family already considers these boys theirs and wants to be with them in close proximity, but they can't yet. So they're constantly nurturing an awareness. They're putting two extra place settings at the holiday table. They're doing things like this to remind themselves, we've got family who just aren't here yet. It takes a lot of energy and effort to nurture this. But God has done his part for us to say, I'm preparing a home for you. Church, I'm preparing a home for you. I want to spend eternity with you. I want to be your God. You will be my people. I will dwell with you. That's the words he keeps saying over and over again. I'm going to dwell with you, just not yet, but I'm doing everything I can. I've sent my Son to provide you a place. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to be in you until the day that we are united forever. And In the meantime, while God's done all that, we've got to do our best we got to do our best to remember we are his children. We are his. We're living in this world right now that is not friendly toward God, doesn't really care about things of God, but we are still, while we're here, we're his children, just waiting for the day he comes to get us. Don't make this world your home. It ain't. You're waiting. That weird waiting time. I'm glad you're here this Sunday. And if you're determined to keep your homesickness nurtured properly, you'll be here next Sunday. And you'll be here the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that, and you'll long to see the others who are nurturing homesickness and while we're waiting, I don't know how long we'll wait, but it's, the next thing is, he comes to get us. That's the next move. While we're waiting, let's wait together. Let's be here every Lord's day. Let's read our instructions about home. Let's go ahead and call home as often as we can. And let's make sure we don't let the here and now cost us the there now and the then you're in the waiting pattern you're waiting but y'all were waiting for something and we absolutely know it's coming don't we is that not right we absolutely know it's coming let's wait together let's nurture homesickness together and let's wait until that time when we're all together with the one who bought us and this morning if you're just waiting, you're here to worship and to nurture that in you. If you are here this morning and you're not really waiting because you, don't, you aren't one of his children... You've never really made him your God, and so you want to name him God. This is a great morning for you, a great morning for you to decide, I want to call heaven home, and I want to wait in this waiting room with the rest of you until the time comes. This morning, we're ready to receive you if that's what your need is. Name Jesus as the Lord of your life. Be immersed and rise to walk a new life with us as we wait together for where we're longing to be. Let's wait as a community together. And if that's a call for you, we stand ready to receive you as we stand and as we sing.